This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Forestieri! Here's Hogg! Dini! Do not scratch your eyes! Do not scratch your eyes! Do not scratch your eyes! Hello and welcome to episode three of the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. As always, I'm Justin. And I'm Carl. And uh, yeah, we've got some uh, games to talk about and some other bits as well. It's been a bit of a busy week, actually. A couple of 3-2 wins, uh, which have been uh, scary, to say the least. Uh, The first one was against Stoke. Um, Carl, do you want to talk about that game? Yeah, um, a couple of five-goal thrillers, starting off with um, the Stoke game. Uh, as I say, from the very beginning, when we started this, I did say Stoke are going to be a team to reckon with in this division. So the fact that we got a result out of it, I think we need to look at that situation as it stands and, and actually take that as a, as a good three points, a good solid three points. Was it the best start in the world? Absolutely not. Um, I, I do believe I sent you a message. You did. To... to uh, Show my frustrations. You did, yeah. Um, I might actually see if I can get that off my phone and cut and paste it into this at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I can get it off my phone, I'm going to cut and paste it in. Yeah, it was quite Yeah, a... I, I left the house in frustration. That's mm. all, I'll, all I'll say on the matter. But um, look, overall, it, it's a great result. And, and I think anybody that finishes above Stoke this season is well within a chance of getting back into the Premier League. I mean, that's how much I fancy them to do well. Uh the game, as I say, it, it's a similar Watford scenario. We start very slowly, very, you know, the, the, the goal we conceded from the corner, it's schoolboy. You know, no one's marking anyone, no one's picking anyone up. And we're 1-0 down within, you know, under 10 minutes gone. Yeah. No, not good enough from that point of view. And then it was just a case of, of battling back. And I think at the at the end, for the first time this season, 
I've seen a bit of togetherness in the squad and a bit of you know a bit of want and desire, especially when Islam Asar scores the uh, the winner at the end. There, there looked to be a lot of I think relief was probably the, the the main thing that I saw there, but a lot of togetherness in that game. I agree. Um, I think we should talk about Tom Cleverley's goal. Well, if it was given against us, I'd be fuming. Yes. I, you know, it, it, and that's the way you have to look at these things sometimes. If that was against you. Now, there is an argument to say, and I did have to, I messaged the Stoke fan afterwards and, uh, and said, look, we're owed one. We're owed a few, actually, yeah. over the years, but we're, we're owed one. Um, it clearly didn't cross the line on the initial um, strike of the ball. It, it on the line definitely, but the goalkeeper gets a nudge as he as he comes out to, to clear the ball and, and does cross the line. The officials obviously have looked at well, have seen it in live action, and uh, have, I personally think they've seen it or believe that the ball's crossed the line on the initial. Well, so I looked at the at the goal and they showed where the ball crossed the line on the goal line technology to me it was when the goalkeeper got bundled in it was yeah but I, I think they they haven't got that there and then haven't they they haven't got that live no. system to use there and then no so I think the, the goal line technology has only gone off when the keeper's been bundled into the net or bundled it, over the line now that's why he's given the goal. Yeah, I mean, those sort of goals were perfectly acceptable in the 1950s. You used to see goalkeepers getting bundled uh, across the line. You could drop kick the goalkeeper over the line in the 1950s. Yeah, he was, was, was pretty much dispensable. Um, but I no, I mean, to me, that was a very odd decision to give that goal. As you say, we are definitely owed one. And that was obviously our one. Or maybe that would be only one this season. Maybe, maybe one of several. But it was a very, very odd an odd goal. Um, yeah, I mean, Stoke weren't very happy with it at the end, were they? The, the manager made uh, made a few points at the end in his in his interview that he was less than impressed with with that goal. Yeah, as I would be if I was the Stoke manager, I would be less than impressed with that goal. But as it stands, it was a three two win. Last minute penalty um, again when Saar scored didn't really look overjoyed to have netted. I didn't think. Well, there was a lot of relief through the through the squad. I thought the the um, I mean it's it's hard to to look. At, I mean celebrations are difficult. There's no fans in there. It, it's hard to get. They're struggling enough as it is to get up for the games. I think really, you know, to get motivated and to get through the through the games during those those hard times. So I think the goal celebrations, yeah, they're probably a little bit muted. But I thought that I, just watching it live, I felt there was a a lot of relief that we got the three points out of that game. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, uh, it was similar situation, I think, with the Coventry game. Um, mm. It was almost a it was almost a replica, in fact. Yeah, uh, apart very from that, much so. that period of four minutes, was it when there was three goals? I mean, it was just ridiculous. I, I, you were texting me to say, "Look at this," and I'm thinking, "Yeah, I'm watching it," and I, I must have been a split second behind you. And then by the time I've replied to you, there's another goal going. Oh, <laughs> it was just it was madness, absolute bonkers, madness. But uh, they're the games we're missing out on. Have you imagine seeing that game live? What a great oh, game! Exactly, both of those actually, because yeah. last minute penalties in games always are great, mm. especially if it's you that scores and you win, yeah. uh, and and you've come from behind as well. Um, which I think we did in both those games, didn't we? Weren't we two one, and then we went two two? Yeah, we, did, we were. Yeah, it was like we an were. exact so we... replica. It was bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Bizarre. It's just that it just seems to be our our flow at the moment. We're 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 almost. Um... Not comfortable, but going behind. But we—I almost feel if we go behind at the moment, I'm not too fussed. Barring Barnsley, 
which we went behind very early on. Yeah. Um, we we never really got going in that game, but you always feel that we've got enough about us to to go and nick a goal. Which is not the feeling I had last season, because every time we went behind last mm. season, you thought, that's it then. I, yeah, I, you know, might as well go home. Might as well go <laughs> home, definitely. And a lot of the times, it happened very quickly too. You go 1-0 down within the first five minutes, you think, oh, just can't see us getting out of this now. Um, who do you think's kind of been making the difference in the last couple of games? And do you think Capoue's been making a difference? I mean, it, it was his ball uh, to Saar that he yeah. passed for Gray to knock him. We'll talk about Gray in a minute. Um, <laughs> but that ball from... Yeah, I don't. That ball from Capoue uh, to Sema. It's not Saar, sorry. It was Sema, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Sema, yeah. And then Sema knocked it across for, for Gray to sort of bundle in. Um, that was an inspired pass. Well, it, it's Etienne Capoue back at his best, isn't it? That's why that's what we missed uh, a lot of last season with him pinging those balls over. And he, he's one of those players. And he was that was always the fear when I spoke to you in the in the podcast previous to this that if Etienne Capoue is up for it and he can be bothered, he, he's one of the best midfielders in that division by bar and none. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's those passes and that ability to see those passes that is the is the cut above the rest and. I think also talking about what you, you 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 know relating back to your question is uh Ken Semmer. Oh definitely. I think he's been I think he's been amazing. Oh, you I know, do. I know people knock him. I know that I know there's a lot of people out there that still haven't bought into him and are not sure about him, but I tell you what, I think give him a run of games, he could really really start, you know, be, again being that extra bit of quality that we need to get out of this division. Well, I agree. I mean, when he was playing for us a couple of seasons ago, I didn't see much in him at all, to be honest with you. But this season, you know, I think we've even scored from one of his corners, haven't we? We certainly scored mm-hmm. from a corner. I don't know if Semi yeah. took it, I can't remember. But he's been the main difference um, in getting balls into the box, Semmer. Well, we're, we're scoring from set pieces. And so we're scoring itself, from set pieces. I mean, because itself, that's, yeah. that's a, you know, an improvement. Totally, because our set pieces were all dreadful. Uh, I remember I was watching a game towards the end of the season last season, and the commentator was saying, of course, Watford are, are, are very good from set pieces. I thought, you, you've not been watching them this season, mate. They've been dreadful. <laughs> you've been watching, mate, yeah. Yeah, you know, you're just making this up. It, you know, they were... So, yeah, I mean, like you say, set pieces now I'm actually looking forward to, rather than not beating the first man. Or They've also been doing a kind of a little short corner thing as well, which has been quite good. Um, yeah, cleverly little been training some... ground exercise, isn't it, yeah. by the looks of it? Yeah, and cleverly as well. I mean, we were kind of... Knock, not knocking him, but we were kind of questioning him. Um, I think it was on the first podcast. We were sort of saying we need to have a pint with him and find out what mm. he's all about. But that's I, still on offer, by the way. That's, that's still, still on, without doubt. Yeah. Once we can do that, of course, not in lockdown, but of you course. Know. Um, but I, I think the last couple of games he's actually looked a little bit sharper, um, a little bit more up for it. Um, you know, I don't think any of the teams really. I like Garner. I thought Garner was really good against Coventry. I thought he played really well. Yeah, Garner's another one. He's a. I mean, you're not. You're never going to be a bad player if you if you play for Man United at the end of the day. And he was getting first team football. It, all right, okay, it was your way for cut, but he was he was being involved there. Um, I think he'll be a real, real decent, you know, acquisition this season once he uh, gets a run of games under his belt. And I think that's a, really the call for a lot of those players. They need to get a run of games under their belts. And I know we're a, a portion through the season, but he's changed that side so much. Mm. in that short time. Mm. Uh, I think it's difficult for, for players to get the games under their belt they need to then you know start pushing on and, and start turning those uh, those games into goals and wins and, and points and 
etc. Yeah. I mean, I think Garner reminds me of Chris Eagles. Do you remember when we had Chris Eagles on loan? Yeah, I love Chris Eagles. Great player. Um, he was part of our promotion winning team, wasn't he? 2005-2006. I remember being at Brighton's old ground and him scoring, scoring a worldie from about the halfway line. Right. Right. I wasn't at that game. But I, I, I just remember Chris Eagles being this sort of... Listeners will remember that game. I'm sure. <laughs> sure they will I'm sure they will but yeah so uh, all in all I mean it was all looking a bit doom and gloom uh, up until the Stoke game um, you know we'd, we'd drawn and lost and not really covered ourselves in glory I don't like 3-2 wins especially with last minute penalties because um, they're not comfortable enough for me I like to be cruising 3-0 at half time that's that's my yeah. preferred yeah, in an ideal world that's what <laughs> yeah. you want yeah. that's what I want but then they're not quite as exciting perhaps as a 3-2 that's not the Watford way is it no that's, it's not that's never the Watford no, way it's very rare that happens yeah it is very rare that happens um, so yeah I mean all in all I think there's been an improvement and I'm you know we're second in the table now as well uh, or we were last time I looked. Um, so, you know, going into the international break, uh, two wins, all is good. Um, I'm, I'm quietly more confident than I was perhaps two weeks ago. Yeah, I'd just like to see a start, and I, I think I mentioned this to you before, I just want to see a start a bit more confidently and a, a bit more settled into the game. We, we, we're just a bit jittery at the back, uh, and I don't really... I, I'm putting it down to the amount of changes that go on there at the moment in that back three. Because whenever whenever I see Wilmot there, I actually think, ah, do you know what? He he looks really settled on the ball. He's a real ball-playing sort of centre-back. You know, he's comfortable on it. And then I... I don't know, Cabaselli just... He's got that mistake in him, hasn't he? And I can just... You just see it. He does. And and I don't know. I I don't know what the perfect back three is in that, that little... Section. I do like Wilmot in there, though, I must admit. Yeah. Because no. he's a little bit more mobile and gives us something a little bit different to Cathcart, Econ and, uh, and and Cabaselli. Yes. No, I really like Wilmot. I think he's uh, a great player. I think going out on loan has obviously um, sharpened him. Um, and he's a great. I like him. My friend's a Stevenage fan, um, and he was telling me about him when he was playing for Stevenage. He says, you know, he's a great player. And then when he came to Watford, he said, oh, you know, you've got a good one there. Mm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he looks the real deal. Does look the real deal? I must admit, he's looking good. I, I like our squad this season. Actually, um, I think it's a good squad. I don't think, like I said to you previously, um, some of the big names that have gone to make way for this younger squad. I think it's a good thing in the long run. I think in the long run it will be definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. It's been good. It's been a good week football wise. Do not scratch your eyes. So via social media, we have had a few comments and questions uh, from people. Uh, points they'd like us to discuss, I think, is probably the way of putting it. Um, and we've had a few, well, we had a couple of really interesting questions come through, I think. Um, have you got them there? I have, yes. Um, so on the, the Facebook page that we're uh, currently running at Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast, there's a few here. I mean, the one that stands out for me, which uh, I even text, I think I forwarded it on to you as soon as it came through. Yep. Went, what a great question. And this is something that I think I know my answer, but I'm interested to know yours. So okay. uh, this is from uh, Jason Grace, who's uh, listened to all we've mentioned. He says, would you rather have lost the semi-final like Wolves and be in the position that they are in now or keep the joy that we had on that semi-final day. Do you want to go first, or shall I go first? I think. Well, I think you should go first. 
Okay, I actually saw you after that game. Uh, um, we we left, I think, Wembley at the same time that semi final. Uh, yeah. And amongst the hundred thousand people that were filing out of Wembley, I think you tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and went, "Hello, Carl. How are you?" Um, I will take a win at Wembley any day, um, simply because it doesn't happen very often in my lifetime. Big occasions for Watford have happened. If you include semi finals, this is sort of in my time of following Watford. Less than 10 times, I would think. Mm. Um, yeah. So you have to grab these and you have to cherish them and, and you have to enjoy them. That was our final, as we've said before previously. We were never going to beat Manchester City and you know, to, for them to absolutely turn us over was inevitable. I will take the win against Wolves uh, at Wembley in the semi-final of the FA Cup and be in this division uh, over losing the semi-final and being where they are in the Premiership any day. Okay. I like it. Your answer. <clears throat> well, I'm I'm actually I'm on the same boat as you. I, I can't um, the emotions that I went through that day, uh, and anybody that's watched my uh, before we were doing the podcast, I, I used to do a, a bit of a vlog, um, which is still available on YouTube. Now, anybody that's watched the semi final day will see the emotions that I went through on that day. I'm a, I'm a grown man of, of 37 years of age, uh, and I was blubbering like a five year old that day. Yeah. Because of how, you know, because of how it all happened and how it all unfolded, uh, and it was, in in my opinion, it was a game of a lifetime. It was. I mean, obviously, I've been to big occasions with Watford before. So, I mean, I remember the nineteen ninety nine playoff final against Bolton uh, with Nick Wright's overhead kick and Alan Smart's mm. goal. Very, very special. Great day, day out. Great day. Very, very special day out. I remember the two thousand and six. Uh, playoff final against Leeds in Cardiff. Uh, again, yeah. a three-nil win. Wasn't really any doubt that we were going to win it. You know, we, we knew we were going to win that game. We knew we were going to go up. Um, the Leeds fans didn't. The Leeds fans <laughs> didn't. I mean, but I, I, if you watch that and listen to the players on the day, they won that in the tunnel. You could just see in the it. tunnel. Yeah, you could hear them, couldn't you? Jay Demerit. Jay Demerit. About Jay Demerit. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. All over it, wasn't he? He was. And then there was that odd goal that James <clears throat> Chambers... Was it James Chambers yeah. scored a really strange goal? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a f- like flick. And it, it sort of it bobbled in the off keeper, the post, off the back of Neil Sullivan, yeah. <laughs> and then Henderson penalty, wasn't it, I think, at the end? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was a really, really special day as well. Then we've had... Since then, we've had, I think, uh, there was a semi-final at Aston Villa against Man United, which was a bit of a washout. And then yeah. there was a semi-final against Crystal Palace, which we lost 1-0. And there was a playoff semi-final that we lost to Crystal Palace as well. Those sort of occasions, they don't come very often. You know, in years gone by, you'd be ripping up your yellow pages, ready to throw up in the air when the players came out and all that sort of thing. So to actually see your team go 2-0 down, which which we did, you know, let's, yeah. let's not make any mistake. We were pretty poor first half. Um, and then for that goal uh, by Delafeo, um, which was right in front of me, right in front of me, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, the other goal at the other end, and then the Dini penalty, that was just absolutely incredible. I mean, it was just fantastic, and I will take that memory with me forever. Um, yeah, and that's you know the memory that the Wolves fans will have will be of lose being two 0 up and then losing the game three two. Yeah, they're still in the Premiership, but time will pass. They'll be back down or whatever. Um, we'll always have that day. So for me... Wolves, I know for a fact that day bothers Wolves fans a lot. And it's something that they still talk about in the pub. Well, 
obviously when they they were open, they were still talking about it in the pubs months, and they'll still be talking about it in years to come. Like, do you remember we went to the semi final oh, Watford? You know, bah. yeah. And that and and that for me is 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 why it's so special because again they thought they'd won that game. They were two 0 up. They were cruising. I thought they'd won that game. I yeah, I, I couldn't I see did. a way back really, to be honest with you. Um, and and you know to have that. Those wonder goals, both both of Delafay's goals were very well taken. Oh, um, mean, and the, and I was the first one was just oh, it was just out of this world. It was out of this special, world, wasn't it? I don't know where he pulled that out from. Um, and then you know Dee's penalty again, right in front of me. I've got it on my. Uh, I took a film of it as it went in, um, and I've you know it's on my phone, and I can just watch it whenever I want from where he I was. He just sitting. wellied it, didn't he? Just wellied he it home. He did. He whacked it in, um, and and that to me, you know. Like like you say, that was our final. Really, we were never going to beat Man City. I think we even knew we'd be playing Man City, didn't we? Because they played Brighton yeah, they played the, day, the day before. before yeah, Brighton. Yeah, that's one 0 wasn't it? So I thought we yeah. might have had half a chance. Because think, oh, if you know, if they only beaten Brighton one 0 we might have half a chance. But I think that was the only bit for me where it kind of left a sour taste. It's a little bit like the and I use the comparison, the Leicester game where we you know, went up the other end and scored that game. Yes. And then lost in the final to Crystal Palace. It's yes. the only sort of, it's, you know, it's, it kind of doesn't feel as special as it should. But like you say, the, the, the Wolves game for me was the final. That was, you yeah. know, that was just something different. Oh, it was just absolutely incredible. It was absolutely incredible. So the answer to your question there, Jason, is uh, Carl and I seem to agree with each other that we'll take that win at Wembley any day. Um, and, and Great question, though. Yeah, it was a really good question. Thank you very much. Okay, um, I've got another one here. This is a li- probably, uh, we'll have to go a quick fire on this one. Um, so Mark Levy on Facebook has asked, everybody, including Ivic, is talking about 433. With the amount of players we have, which players would you pick, assuming no one is injured? Well, I think we tried this before, didn't we? Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It is a difficult one. Well, I can tell you that the three uh, at the front, um, these days, I would definitely have Semmer and I would definitely have Saar, um, but I'm not sure about the one in the middle. Um, okay. What about not, you? I mean, not you, Andre? Not Andre? No. Let's talk about Andre quickly. That that goal, right? No, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've started him off, everyone. Let's just, talk, let's just talk about Andre for a second. Whenever something happens in a Watford game, Watford FC will post something up immediately uh, yeah. on their Facebook page. And it'll be, you know, 1-0, whatever it is. And this said, goal, Andre Gray. If you hadn't seen it, you'd be going, oh, Andre scored a goal. That goal, he didn't know anything about it, did he? I've watched that. Five, six times. The ball went off his in. bum, I think. It I went, off, went his in off, his, off his backside. And at one point, I think the commentator said, and I think Gray's going to claim that as if to say, <laughs> it's probably not his goal when he didn't know anything yeah. about it. It might be his goal, it might not be, yeah. Yeah, uh, let's not get too carried away with Andre Gray. He's sc- because in that same game, he was clean through. He was clean yeah, he through, was. and he yeah, hit he it was. at the keeper. Because I thought, oh, okay. And you were very complimentary about him missing that. I was, well. wasn't I? We're not going to say what I said, but you got the text. <laughs> <laughs> that was a chance. That was a definite chance. That well, he could have covered himself in glory there by knocking it past the keeper, wheeling away with his arm in the air, and I would have said, "Fair play, great goal." But as always yeah. with Andre Gray, 
he's in a scoring position and he doesn't quite know what to do and the goalkeeper got to it quite safely. So uh, going back to the original question with the three, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't see Deeney there anymore. Um, well, I, I'll give you my front three. Go on. So, go on. Uh, I go Saar, Deeney, and I'll probably go Jao Pedro. So would you have Sema then in the midfield? No, he doesn't make my midfield. Really? I struggle to get him in. I know, I know what I know. He's scoring goals. Well, let's go back. We're on... talking about, and we're, and we're going on the question, so we've got All to right. go four three three. Okay. All right. So, okay. so Sema doesn't that doesn't work in a four three three. With the greatest respect to him. Okay, so you're going to go with Pedro Dini and Saar up front in a four three three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll go with that. Where are we going to go in the in the four then? The uh, the midfield. I'm oh, sorry, go... three in the, four, three, three, three in the midfield. Sorry, three in the midfield. So I'm going to go uh, Will Hughes, yeah, Chalaba, Kapoot. Right, Chalaba for me. I I'm still not quite convinced. Nor am I. Nor um, am I. But I, I think he breaks up the play quite well in that midfield. I think he he. He does break the break the play up a little bit. I'd like him to be a bit more box to box. Yeah, add a few goals to his game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my midfield. He's he's, he's he, he didn't start did he against Coventry did he? Chalabon? No, 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 no. Okay, all right. Um, that's why I'm not the manager. No, I'm no good at this. <laughs> <laughs> you might ring us up one day and go right. I'm out of ideas. What are we going to do? Yeah. What do you fancy? What yeah. do you fancy? Um, Chalabur, I'm not sure about, um, but I, I agree with Capu uh, and Hughes. Uh, I think yeah. Hughes is a great player. Um, I'm struggling to think who I'd put in instead of Chalabur, though, to be honest with you. Queener? No. No, I'm not convinced Well, about you him. could put Ken in. What, Ken at the left of the three? Yeah, you could do. Yeah, let's do that. I think I'd have Ken at the left of the three, and then, yes, okay, let's do that. That's that's it for me then. Sema, that's your one. And Hughes and Kapu, and Kapu in the middle, at the back. Um, Go, well, goalkeeper, we don't need to talk about. No, that. it's, that's, it's uh, Foster without question, without question. That's done, isn't it? Yes. Um, so the four at the back then. Um, I've I'll got, give you mine. Go on. Ingakia. Yep. Wilmot. Yep. Or I'm going to say Cathcart. Yeah. And then I'm going to say Messina, assuming he's not injured. I'm inclined to agree with you. Actually, um, I think Messina at the in the left back position looked very solid last season, apart from a couple of yeah. slight errors. Um, Cathcart, I think Cathcart, yes, um, over Cabaselli. I think Wilmot, and I, I agree with you as well with um, Ngakia. Mm. I, Wilmot's my only one that I'm. I like him in that three because he's very he can. He can play the ball, and, I, and I've, I've touched on it. He can play the ball with ease, and he, you know, looks very comfortable on the ball. As a set four, I don't know. I don't know if those two central ones need to be a little bit. Would Cabaselli and Cathcart be a, a better matchup? But I'm going Wilmot. I'm sticking with my guns. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Actually, um, I, I, like like we've said, Cabaselli does have the odd mistake in him. Cathcart mm, so. does look a little bit more assured, um, I think. Um, and as I say, I've, I've been impressed with Wilmot. So yeah, I think that's our four-three-three. Then, isn't it? I think we've worked it out. That is. There you yeah, go. That is. That's our answer. That is. Fantastic. Uh, right. So another question from 
well, this one, uh, this is a, it's a little bit uh, out there, but we're going to go with it. Dan Fleming has put Foster being a liability in the last three games. Get Dahlberg in. Well, first and foremost, Dahlberg's out on loan, so that's that's a no go. <laughs> that's not, that's not going to happen, Dan. Um, a liability, Foster. It's an interesting one. It is an interesting one. Um, well. Let's talk about the Coventry game. Their first goal was a freak. The guy was running towards the ball and he headed it from 25 yards and it went in. Um, Yeah, I mean, he could have that ball back at him 100 times and probably not score one, could he? Correct. Um, That was a freak goal. It was a freak goal. Liability. I'm not inclined to think Ben Foster's a liability. I'm going to say something, though, and it's not a great... I don't agree necessarily with Dan's statement. But what I would say is I've noticed that Ben is getting beaten quite a lot from quite far out. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I used the, the the Blackburn game. He got beaten from a, a good 27, nearly 30 yards. Yes. Obviously, the Coventry game. I'm sure there is... Wasn't oh, the second uh, Coventry Barnsley. goal? Yeah, one of the goals either Stoke or Coventry was sort of on the edge of the area yeah, as well. well the, yeah, the Coventry second one, wasn't it? The, the, the header, the free... Oh, yeah, there was the... The kick, yeah, the second the, goal. The other one as well, yeah. And then... Barnsley, where he got beaten. I mean, mm. that was a worldie again. Mm. So I, 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 I wouldn't say he's a liability, but it has he lost? Not the goalkeepers need to lose a yard of pace, but has he lost? I don't know, just a yard in in a in his reactions, or, mm. or I don't know. It it's was only it was only four or five games ago where he got man of the match twice. I think in in, in you know two games in a row. I think or, yeah. So no, nah, I, I I think he's a safe pair of hands. I would have him on my team sheet. Any day. Um, I, I can tell Dan something that if if it wasn't for Foster, we would certainly be in the bottom half of the table. Uh, I agree. No, I agree with you there. I think, I think you know, if you look at um, goalkeepers, there's been times where we've, we've had the same goalkeeper in week in, week out, and you thought, oh, it's time to get a new one. It really is. Um, yeah, I wasn't massively impressed with Scott Loach. Um well, yeah, Richard Lee probably wasn't quite tall enough for me to be a goalkeeper. Um, so, you know, you knew when you saw Tony Coton, Alec Chamberlain, uh, Gomez on the team sheet, you knew you got a goalkeeper that you could depend on. Every goalkeeper's got a mistake in them. All of them. Mm-hmm. Schmeichel. Yeah, it's just their nature, isn't it? It's yeah, their nature. It happens. It happens. Um, but when you see Foster on a team sheet, you think, well... That's a safe, as safe a pair of hands I think as we've got. Um, so I'm not inclined to criticise Foster um, unless he has a you know a game where he's made three mistakes and we've lost three nil. Then you can say, come on. But yeah. for me, I think he's reliable and um, I like him. I like Foster. I liked him when he was uh, with us, you know, 15 years ago as well. I thought he's mm. great. I always thought he's a good goalkeeper. So yeah, you're not going to get me criticising Foster unless he starts making howlers. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, every every goalkeeper's got you know a sell by date, and they, I know they play on to their to their latter years. But you know, even towards Aurelio Gomez's end, you know, there'd be little things that would happen, and uh, all the goalkeepers that we've had throughout uh, the years, you know, like you just said, it's uh, you can see it. You know, you can see when it when it starts to become a, a pattern emerging, and it, it, like you say, you're like, oh God, please not even go again. Yeah. Let's give the let's give the kids a go. Let's try let's try someone younger. Um, yeah, Scott Loach was a prime example of that, where he was a young kid. To be fair to him, he was playing at England 
under 21 B level. I can't remember now. Can't 21s remember. definitely. Mm. And then he just went through this period where his confidence just went, you know, yeah, it just rock looked, bottom. It looked bad. I mean, he just he just felt sorry for him after a while. He just and, thought, oh, you know. And I think that's the thing with goalkeepers if they if they haven't got their confidence with them, that that's a that's a huge huge element of their game. Well, and it affects the others as well because then you have got the defence thinking, oh, can we rely on them? You know, and then the defence might, might might start making some silly mistakes, or you know, I just think there's as soon as the ball comes in, you see him wanting to get there and get to it. As soon as you know he saves penalties, you know, he's, he's for me he's an all rounder. He's not, mm. he's, yeah, he, no, no. But like you say, Thanks. some of his long range efforts haven't been brilliant the last few games, but it's no reason to start oiking him out of the team. I don't think. Dahlberg hasn't really ever had a look in anyway, is he? To be honest, he's uh... no, he's no, he's never um, for any game I can think. I mean, we've always gone with uh, Batchman uh, in the League Cup games, and he's no, he's never really featured. To be fair, and I know he's playing over in Sweden at the moment, but uh, you know, I don't know what the level of, of football's like out there. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not anywhere near what you know, the level that we're currently at at the moment. No, I don't know the Swedish league, but I'm sure you're you're probably right. Do not scratch your eyes! One more from Mark Levy. Really, not really a question, just a comment. And, and to be fair, he's pretty much spot on with it. It's uh, His comment is, unusual for three relegated teams to be in the top six so early on. Well, I mean, I must say, Mark, that football as it currently stands at the moment is is anything but normal. You know, you see the results that are coming in from the Premier League, from yeah. this division. And it, it, it's, I mean, me trying to do a, a, an accumulator at the best of times is, is something that, that doesn't, that rarely goes very well. At the moment, I don't stand any chance. I mean, my God, it's, it's, it's impossible to call. So I, th- I think the league table, looking at it before Christmas is not pointless, but, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's, that's going to change so much that championship. It's a mental division crazy division it's a matter of a few points between you know six or seven relegation and promotion it's weird (laughs) it is you only need a bad patch of form and all of a sudden you're staring down the barrel of relegation it's a very very strange uh, division it really is Let's look ahead to next week. Um, you've managed to secure a rather special guest. Yes, I have. So uh, next week, as there's no game, as we're in the international break, I have managed to secure the services of the Watford legend and probably best goalkeeper we've ever had, Mr. Tony Coton, will be joining us for uh, next week's podcast. That is extremely exciting to me um, because he was the first goalkeeper that I remember playing um and during my school days when I did get picked for the school team which wasn't very often I have to say I haven't always been quite as large as I am now I was once a a young lad um you've seen the photos I did used to play in goal um and the reason was Tony Coton I mean he was just an absolute inspiration to me I didn't really ever feel comfortable outfield um if I did play outfield I sort of played in the midfield and sort of tried to keep out of everybody's way but I did used to like playing in goal and I did play in goal for the for the local church side a couple of times youth club and I did play in goal for the school a couple of times and that is largely down to Tony Coton I just thought he was brilliant Um, so the fact that you've managed to get him uh, to come on and talk to us is amazing 
Yeah, well, well I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's it's definitely worth mentioning. Any uh, like we we've covered tonight, any questions that anybody has, put them on the uh, on the social media platforms, uh, the Twitter account, uh, and also the Facebook account, which uh, we'll we'll cover off in a in a short while where you can send those questions. And we'll try and cover as many as we can. I've, I've already actually uh, seen that I've got some questions coming in for Tony already. So we, we could probably spend hours and hours and hours with him as, as much as we want to. But we do have to try and squeeze it into a, yes. a small a small segment. Exactly, exactly. So very, very much looking forward to that. Well done on securing that. I'm, I'm massively looking forward to that. Um, also, <laughs> uh, I've got to say thank you, actually. Uh, we are getting some nice comments about this podcast um we've had some really nice reviews on itunes um everything seems to be quite positive so thank you very much everybody that's taken the time to review us or send us a comment uh, or who comments on our posts um it is lovely hearing from you uh, and it means that what we're doing is actually being listened to which is great because you know, we could just sit here and talk to ourselves, <laughs> but it's always well, we normally do. We, we used to do so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, but you know, recording them and then other people hearing them and thinking that they're good is a nice thing. So, thank you very, very much. We are available on just about everywhere. We're available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, so, there really is no reason for not tuning in and downloading. We, we're, I think, we're available pretty much everywhere. So uh... we are. I mean, I, I, there's a, a chap who did put in a uh, a comment. Um, I haven't read it out yet because I was I was waiting for you to mention this. But uh, a gentleman called Jason Manning has put second in the league. But there must be many people like myself who think we have been less than convincing in uh, in any game. Once everyone's back, I think we'll win it. Though win the league that's what he's on about now it wasn't until i looked at jason's profile and saw that one i met him at the walls game in the fa cup semi-final right uh but also the more importantly he's from perth in australia right now this is something that you and i have spoken about privately um i we base our podcast on a platform called buzzsprout um it's just it's quite easy to use it's not massively expensive um but it it does give you some quite good reporting um so the countries that we've been heard in so far are uh 91% of our listens are in the UK which we might expect um the next highest after that the netherlands um, and then Australia, Canada, <laughs> who knew? Who knew? <laughs> France, the US, Sweden, and New Zealand. Um, but what is also quite interesting is the cities in the UK that we are listened to in. Uh, one would imagine Watford would be perhaps the area that we're listened to in the most, but no, no, no. Uh, Walsall, apparently. Uh, 21% of our listeners are in Walsall. Um, and then we've got, in, in, in you know, Descending order of percentage, Blackheath, Darlington, Maidenhead, London, and then Watford. Um, that's oh, in wow. two, three, four, sixth oh, place. We're, we're doing well there. We're doing well. Um, and then we've got Zewaldi in Flavoland, which I'm guessing is in Holland, although my uh, my geography's not that good. Um, Acton, Kempston, uh, Lincoln, Perth, Australia, Brighton, Clichy in France. Um, ah, bonjour. So, yeah, bonjour. Uh, that's about all I can say to the French people. My French is dreadful unless all of a sudden I'm in France. And for some reason, when I go abroad, my, my language, I pick it up quite quickly. But, you know, if someone asks me to say something in French now, 
no chance. Um, Sunderland, Hayes, uh, Southampton. Oh, between Southampton and South Croydon. One percent Luton. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, somebody in Luton's <laughs> listened to it. Yes. <laughs> and thank that's you. That's brilliant. Everyone's welcome. For me, that's the best one. <laughs> Everyone's welcome here. <laughs> I'm not going to put anybody off from listening. Um, so yeah, there's some quite interesting stats there. I was looking at those earlier, thinking, right, okay. Um, and that's really, I think, unless you've got any other business, Carl, I think we can sort of wrap up this week. No, no, that's it from me. I think uh, just to, to really back up what you've just said, thank you all for listening uh, and taking part and putting the questions in. As I say, um, it's going to be a, a, probably a, a busy little podcast next week with the uh, with Tony Coat joining us. Um, as I say, it's probably just worth mentioning the Twitter account, which is at D-N-S-Y-E underscore podcast. That's at D-N-S-Y-E underscore podcast. Do not scratch your eyes, podcast. Get your questions, opinions, or memories of Tony Coton uh, that we can talk to him about. Um, and we'll, basically, we're just going to dedicate the whole podcast next week to the great man himself. Definitely. And you had that to hand ready to go this time, Carl. I'm impressed. Do you like that? It's very good. I'm a professional. <laughs> You are. Well done. Okay, well, uh, that's it for episode three of the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. We'll be back again next week when we're going to be talking to Tony Coton. I'm extremely excited about that. Uh, Until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. See you later. Ta-da. Ta-da. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.